that's why it's good to have the gang back. What is going on, everybody? This is the Cover Band Confidential Podcast, the podcast for cover band musicians and band leaders to learn how to rock more and class in Atlanta, Georgia. I'm Adam Johnson. In Greensboro, North Carolina, I'm Dan Ray. That is right. Yes, you are. We're home, baby. It's been, man, I didn't think <laughs> it was like that big of a gap, but now that we're like sitting here talking to one another, it definitely feels that way. It does. It does. It's been at least three weeks since we've been in each other's presence virtually. And then for a few weeks before that, we were recording a week ahead. And so what we were releasing wasn't getting feedback for a week. And so that felt like it wasn't real either. And so it feels like it's been, I don't know, a month at least, maybe a month and a half since we've been in the groove. And yeah, it's good to be back. It's like they say, absence makes heart grow fonder. So yeah. I thought it was, wait, isn't it absinthe? I don't have any, I was in like, do you ever go through that thing where like you get really obsessed over like some arbitrary nonsense? Totally. So like in 2008, I was, that was me in absinthe and uh, I definitely drank it in a way that like I didn't need to. Did you have the spoon and the sugar cube and the dripper thing? and the Lushing and I'm embarrassed to tell you that I know that. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you for being embarrassed. The perfect drug video came out and it made Things change in, in my body. I get it. That's all I can say. I get it. I get it. I, and who can blame you? Uh, Trent Reznor, probably. Trent Reznor, obviously. That is the answer. So in your absence, we got to throw it out to super patron Creston for fill in your shoes last week. Indeed. I had a really fun conversation about all things. It was a really, it was a good listen. I listened to it on the airplane on the way home from Minnesota where I was seeing the in-laws and, and it was good. It was good. It was, it was a very late flight. So I don't remember much of the... <laughs> episode but yeah, but I, I enjoyed it creston acquitted himself in my absence it was good very good yeah. in that time since then have you played i know you had an, a, an acoustic gig it was yesterday wasn't it so yesterday was acoustic trivia and we went to minnesota my family all had a cold we tested for covid it was not covid but they had a cold by like tuesday i was starting to feel smug because they all had it but i didn't haha and then mm. wednesday my smugness came to a crashing end because they were getting over it and suddenly i had it so wow. um i last night did acoustic trivia and the theme was female artists which i have no business singing to begin with and then mm. specifically doing that with a cult or the tail end of one um it was hilarious it there was some there were some real challenges to getting that across but it was fun it was a good night so you had mentioned you were going to do Nep That Hell by Kate Bush. Did you end up doing that one? Yeah, and it crushed. I bet it did. It crushed. So if you were doing that song, what key were you doing it in? C minor, which is the original. Okay. Were you just down the octave or you just went for it? I went for it. Okay. She's not singing super high. No. She's just in, in her Kate Bush range. That's all. In her Kate Bush range. Yeah. By the way, I noticed on my Setlister AI app, which is, we haven't talked about it in a while, but it's the application yeah, that I built that, that, that scrapes the billboard charts and shows those things. That song has been in the top five for the last six or seven weeks. And I'm happy for it. I'm real happy for it. I like that show and I like that song. I liked it when it came out and it didn't get any kind of traction at all, but I like it now even more. And I'm thinking season two of Yellow Jackets. Um, yeah. has Tori Amos energy all over it. I think there needs to be a Tori Amos song in season two of Yellow Jackets to have the same kind of thing happen. That's my theory. So the cool thing about the, there's lots of things about cool about the Kate Bush thing, but one of them is that she owns all of her masters. Yeah. No, she's made bank. The conservative average is that she's pulling in like a quarter of a million dollars a week. Yeah. Off of streaming revenue. Yeah. Since, uh, yeah. Stranger Things dropped. Yeah. And what's she like, I've, I, 
am sorry to say I've fully lost track of her since the 80s. I have no idea what she's been up to. I've, she was intentionally lost trackable. Yeah. She, that was like she her move. went off the radar and God bless. And to be off the radar and then have that kind of money drop on you, not a, bad, cool. not a bad month. It is not a bad month. Yeah. So speaking of not bad months, I've been a busy little bee myself. Ooh, let's hear uh, Did the corporate th- gig up at the Chateau Elan. It was a ball ache, if I'm being perfectly honest. Mm. And I'll just leave it at that. It ended up working out okay as far as like the end result. Like the crowds were appreciative and it ended up being fun towards the end of the week or the weekend. And then we did the, the Southern The Friday. staff was fussy. It, it, yes. The people who were working at the at the resort and then also the people who were working the event itself were less than hospitable mm. at times. Okay. But just like anything else and like when you're a professional and your aim is to do a good job for whoever is hiring you, it all sorted itself out in the end. And people were appreciative and all of that. But I will say that if they don't ask me to do another one, I won't be upset. Yeah. Just because. And then we did the the 90s homecoming gig mm. on Saturday. And that was its own ball of wax. I've been, I did a little video about how I prepped for that. Yeah. And then tomorrow's video that's coming out on YouTube is actually the recap of that, the event itself and how it went. And I don't normally do like gig recaps. It's not like the level of content unless it's like unique, but there is a, another video that is already in the can that I am ready to launch whenever the company that asked me to do it says it's okay. Mm. And I'm super excited about that one, but it definitely throws our rhythm off a little bit. So I had to come up with a a fast and dirty solution to that problem. And both will be out probably within the next five days, I think. Cool. So that is that. And uh, yeah, I don't have anything. I don't have any gigs this weekend and I'm looking forward to not doing that i'm playing a karaoke show this saturday and it's always fun that's actually my favorite thing it's actually my favorite my favorite thing to do is to get people up to sing with me it's really fun and then the other thing that i'm prepping for the full band has a gig on the 30th saturday after next our last show we played was a private party it was a memorial day party and at some point after we played we were being fed and shown around having a good time at this party and the woman who books events at the place that I do the trivia came up to me. was like, Hey, and I hadn't seen her. She had apparently had just been there. She cost the last 20 minutes or so of our set. And it was great to see her. She's a good person. And so we hung out a little bit and I deliberately didn't like press into, Hey, you could hire my band. You just saw what we did deliberately didn't lean on that. But then she reached out to me a couple of weeks ago and said, Hey, I got pick one of these dates. We'll have you in. So it's the 30th. And so that's going to be super fun. I've been hyping that hard at the trivia shows. And then we're going to do another Dan Ray experience at this place here in Greensboro, another full weekend. So it'll be Friday night karaoke, Saturday night, the band Sunday afternoon, Dan solo. So I I made my posters for that. It's a seventies, uh, sunset theme poster and we're calling it hot summer nights is the series. Dan Ray Experience Hot Summer Nights cuz it's August 12th, 13th, 14th. It's going to be going to be brutal. But but he's got these misters ab- above the patio so like people can sit in a moist environment. <laughs> I'm not sure. Everybody not so many sure. people That's love great. that word. Moist is yeah, great. So many. Yeah. Yeah. Come to my show and be moist. That's the point. That's the, hey, that's the slogan. Come to my show and be moist. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. Love it. Yeah. That's so that's what I'm great. prepping for these days and it, it, it was interesting. We had my drummer is a high school, sorry, no, middle school 
vice principal, bu- okay. bucking for a principalship, but may- maybe that'll happen next year. So anyway, educator. And so when the summer hits, he and his family vacate for a month. So we hadn't seen each other for a solid four weeks. And we had our first rehearsal together after that week before last. And it was far and away the tightest we've ever been performance or rehearsal. It was staggeringly good after four weeks of not seeing each other. And I think, I think that's a thing. I think that's a thing. I think you, you practice a lot and you get, you know, you fumble around and then you get to a place where it's good. And then there's something that happens when you take a break and come back together, that the energy is, it recovers in a way that is interesting. And we have our next rehearsal next week. Sorry, no, this weekend, Sunday, this week, Sunday morning. And I expect we'll go through the second set and find that it's just as tight and be fully ready to go the following Saturday. So it's an interesting thing. If you take a break and you come back, it's good. Breaks are good. Yeah. yeah. And it, it, just like anything else, so there there becomes a level of competency yes. that, uh, that just occurs organically. Yeah. And uh, Confidence. over time, those things can just yeah. no, compound upon one another. And knowing each other. I think a big part of the thing that happens in rehearsal is learning each other. And I think we're at a place where we know each other pretty well. So That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. So there you go. We're up to all speed, right. like it's been a month, but I think that's all it took to get us caught up. Very cool. Is that all the uh, all the catching up in we got to do? I believe. I, I do have some gear thoughts that I could share. What do you think? Let's do that. All right, let's do it. I acquired two things. One is the Shure 55SH Mark II microphone. And this is get the- Get right out of town. Was that the one that I sent the link to? It was. And it was because you sent that link that I bought it, actually. It's like the Super 55. It's the vintage-shaped mm-hmm. mic, but mm-hmm. it's- cardioid instead of super cardioid. And so that means you don't have to be exactly on axis for it to pick you up, which is a thing that I've not always loved about the super 55. And so I used it at the trivia last night and I liked it a lot. It doesn't put out quite as much energy. Hey, there's that's now that's the, yeah. So at those of you listening, not looking, Adam is holding up the super 55 in black, the black model of it, which was a limited edition something. Yeah. Flat back. Uh, it's gorgeous. Mine is a silver and with, with the blue. Uh, no, so copies. here's the thing. The super 55, the super cardioid version has blue. The, the one that I just bought is black. The, okay. the grill of it is black and it's, but, but both look really cool. So I'm glad to have two of them. It's always been the thing that when the full band is set up, I'm, I've been using that vintagey looking mic and I've ha- had Taylor on a, a sure SM 55, just a plain old dumb mic. And 58. so 58. Yeah, SM58, like I said. And now at least we will match. We can have two mics that look equally cool. Very good. So that was fun. And then the other thing that I bought, and I've saw, I saw this advertised on Facebook six months ago, maybe more. And I've been looking at yeah, it and thinking exactly about it. Yeah, about. you've seen these ads too. It's a thing called oh, the yeah. Stomp Light. And it is a stage lighting kit in a pedal form factor. And the beauty of it, of course, is I have and love my Chauvet set up. I have a four bar and a gig bar and I bring them to full band stuff and used them a lot, but it's a lot to set them up. They have a tripod and a stick and there you got to lift them up and heave them up and get power to them. And it's worth it because they're great, but maybe for small format acoustic stuff, I don't need all that. So this thing sits on the floor and it's powered by a power bank, a battery, right? That then Velcros to the back of it. So it takes nothing to just set it up, set it where it is. It'll run all night. And I used them last night and it was good. It was good. I was glad for what they added to my show. I've never brought lights to that because it was just me acoustic. So the Chauvets were overkill, not any point bringing those, but those little things in their own little bag and with their own power, 
very much worth bringing. So I'm, I think I'm pretty happy with that purchase. The other thing they do is a mic, they'll listen on a onboard microphone and light up based on what they hear. So my plan is to put one in front of the kick drum in the full band. My drummer mm-hmm. got a, lab- a label basically that is our logo. That's so our, his kick drum now has our logo on it. And so yeah. it will now light up and in rhythm with what he kicks with this new thing. So that's fun. Very cool. Yeah. yeah, I do remember seeing those and I definitely considered it, but for most of the stuff that I do, it just, it wasn't, for, I couldn't justify the cost for yeah. the number of times in the scenarios that it would be used in. Yeah. So it just didn't, it didn't line up. Yeah. Do an acoustic show basically weekly. It's a no brainer. And I will tell you, they yeah, are built totally like different. a tank built. It, it is gig ready. This stuff, it is fully ready to go on the road. It's well, yeah. If it's built like a pedal, then it's built yeah. better than literally any of the other ones. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's very impressive. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So the meat of our conversation is actually courtesy of a listener. They sent us an email, uh, actually while Dan was out and about and, I sent them an email back and said, hey, we'd love to dig into this directly, but Dan's not available, so we will uh, we'll table this for a week. So this message comes from Adam Bartlow, who is- Wait, What Bartlow? Adam. Another, always with the Adams. I'm starting to see some sort of, is correlation causation? Coverbandconfidential gmail.com. You tell us. Anyway, Adam Bartlow has a group called the Bartlow Brothers. And he sent us an email about 10 days ago and had some questions that he wanted us to chime in on. So we are going to talk about this and see, see if we can provide some insight. So here we go. Dear or I'm sorry, hi, Adam and Dan, longtime listener. I had a couple of questions. Wanted to know if you had any feedback or similar experiences. My band is a three-piece classic rock cover band that has been in our local scene for four years now. We've invested in having great pieces of merchandise available at our shows. T-shirts, stickers, pens, bottles, openers, tote bags, etc. For the time being, we've decided to give out our merchandise for free, and we have been asking the audience for a donation in return, which is a thing that you've initiated in uh, in your setup. I have. I feel that the idea of people wearing our t-shirts in public is very beneficial and almost as worth it as receiving monetary compensation for it. But we've seemed to hit a snag recently, even though we have a merch table s- set up at our shows and we're giving everything away for free. Very few people have shown interest in wanting any of it. We even reiterate to the crowd multiple times each set that our merchandise is completely free. Is there anything that can be done about this to get people more interested in repping us besides, of course, rocking more and sucking less? This last sentence sticks out to me, though. I should also mention that we do not usually have any extra person to man the merch table during our shows. I think that's possibly the crux of it. Here we go. Another thing. Well, should we deal with that before we let's deal with these two questions separately? Let's okay. I love that. Go ahead. Let's talk about your because you're doing a similar thing, but yours is specific. It's all about stickers. In it your it is, and although I've also done T-shirts and stuff, and it's been a, it hasn't been free and then a donation. It's been uh, the way I've phrased it is pay what you want, pay what seems mm-hmm. right to you. And I do make a joke of it. If you, if you don't have a dollar in your name and you're naked, like have a shirt. I want you to have a shirt. Oh, if for you, a shirt is worth ten thousand dollars. Please pay ten thousand dollars for one. Happy to have that happen. It's kind of like a funny piece of uh, crowd banter, or whatever. But you're also in the language that you're using. Going, don't take this if you don't intend to pay for it. I'm sort expressing of. its value. That's the thing. 
That's the thing. I'm expressing its value. And then with the stickers, I have a whole other piece of shtick I do that is because stickers, the unit cost on stickers is tiny. And I feel like this, the goodwill value of having them stick it to the back of their phone or their water bottle or whatever is well worth whatever I've spent on that sticker. So I'm not looking- vandalizing a public place. Whatever it is. I'm not looking for money back on my expense for stickers. So I I do a thing that is, and I set it, I set the stickers up next to my tip hat and I say- Stickers. We just got stickers. Anybody into stickers or kids into stickers? Listen, I got stickers right over here. Four different designs. Totally free of charge. They're next to the tip hat. Free of charge. Next to the tip hat. Free of charge. Next to the tip hat. And by the time I say it, like the third time, most of the room is laughing. They get like the joke of it. Um, And that does significantly goose tips when I do that. And I'm not looking for them, for those tips to be compensation for my stickers. If it was, they'd be way overpaying. My margin on stickers would be ridiculous. But either way, what's happening is I am expressing the value of the thing that they're getting. And I am sharing, you know, within the case of stickers and connecting it with tips, I'm connecting the gift I'm giving them with their tipping as an appreciation of me. So, and I'm making that explicit, right? To the tip hats right here. I'm not gonna be shy about mentioning it. And so in both cases, there is value to what I'm providing them. And there's an exchange happening, which I think if you say, hey, our merch is free, just take it. Mm-hmm. I think that destroys that value. I don't think that value is there for them at all. I think it's like free. I, maybe I'm interested. Yeah. Versus, oh, he's giving me something. And I, in the case of the shirts that I'm doing, pay what you want. Oh, what do I want to pay? It's not like free, I'm going to take it like a present. Thank you. It's like, oh, there's some value here and let me decide how much value. It's just a very different, it's a very different context for that. And I think, I think people basically only want to take things when they seem valuable to take. And when they don't seem valuable, I don't think they're going to take them. Yeah. So as much as you might like to go plaster the world with your logo and have people wearing the shirt up and down the street, um, that exchange is only going to take place if it seems like it's a good exchange for them and not if it's a freebie. Yeah. And I think from a, from the audience standpoint, I think there's a big difference when you are looking at something like a t-shirt versus a sticker. Uh So if I see a sticker and I want a sticker and I take a sticker, I was like, I can throw like a dollar and be, yep. we're square. Totally. And probably, and I'm actually probably hooking you up. But I think. Uh, although in practice, a lot of people throw fives and the surprising number throw twenties. So. Sure. That's a thing. But I think t-shirts are a little bit different. Yes. Because yes. the intrinsic value of clothing is higher. Yep. And it, it could be a thing where it's, I'm not sure what to pay. And I feel like you're. You've almost given them too much leeway, too much freedom. Maybe. There's a there's an analysis paralysis component to this that feels like it could be hindering. I've experimented that. with saying 10 bucks or so seems about right to me, but you do what you want. And I haven't seen that that moves the dial, really. There was some that I had, I, I actually tie-dyed a bunch of them. And so I put some personal time into them. Some per- And I did, for the, when I had those around, I made a point of like, I tie-dyed them myself in my backyard. If you feel, please have one of those. I'd love to have you have one of those, but be aware. It took me something to make that. So maybe it's worth more to you. I don't know. And those ones did command a higher donation in the tip hat when those ones got taken. But I think either way, it points to my main thesis here, which is if you're not communicating that it's a thing of value, the audience won't see it as a thing of value. The thing that kind of I'm looking at is that if I were to go to a show and I like the band and the band is good and I'll go up to a table that's just got like a bunch of stuff on it. I feel like it, it free it's again it's too many options yeah 
it's one thing if it's like a st- if it's four different kinds of stickers. Yes. Where it's like, okay, I am agreeing to the prospect of acquiring a sticker, and all I need to do is decide which of these stickers I like and how much to pay. When it's t-shirts. It's a lot. Tote bags. Yeah. There's, again, I think with the crux of the issue to me is that there is no person directing traffic. Yeah, that's not helping things. That's for sure. So I feel like if you had a person there who would, one, be able to like wave people over, but also provide some structure around that decision-making process, you would probably end up doing better with that kind of thing. The So if you don't have the ability to do that, or you don't have the resources to do that, my suggestion would honestly be to pare down your options. I think less to choose from. Like, I think when you get into, when you get into shirts, it becomes a bit of a, a task because it's, I, I want this design, but I need it in this size. And right. I don't know if I, do I feel comfortable rooting through the box right. when nobody's standing around? I don't know. I think you're, I think the onus of the audience member or the potential fan might just be slightly, the barrier of entry might be a little too high. Yeah. Yeah. Even free, it feels too high. Yeah. Yeah. So. That would be my, that's my suggestion. Yeah. That's my thought on it. Can I think, I don't know if I've shared this on the show before, but the very best merch operation I've ever seen. There's a singer songwriter. I am a massive fan of his huge singer songwriter crush on her. her name's Carsey Blanton, B-L-A-N-T-O-N. You gotta check her out. She's freaking phenomenal. And I saw her at Cat's Cradle in Chapel Hill, having been a fan of her for many years. It was the only time I've ever been in her presence. And I took my wife to the show cold. Like she, she hadn't ever really heard her stuff and became a massive fan sitting there in the seat next to me. It was really great. So Carsey does her show and she then comes down and she personally stands behind the merch table and the whole show. She's, it, it's her. She's the performer. She's got a band. Yeah. Actually, it was just a keyboardist and a bassist monsters, both of them so much groove and no percussion to be found. Like they were both amazing. And so she's at the merch table. And so part of the experience of going to the merch table is you're meeting her and she's happy to like sign anything and take a moment with you. This, the line past the merch table is not moving fast. Cause like everybody's having their moment with her. And, um, and it was great. Like when I got there and had my moment with her, it was delightful. She was wonderful. And she signed like a friend of mine wanted a vinyl and I bought that and he's, she signed it and, and some other stuff that we got from her. And, but like the whole crowd lined up to go by the merch table and do their shopping, the whole crowd. She also has a Patreon. So she is one of the only artists I know of whose livelihood is coming from Patreon. She clears about 4,000 a month on Patreon. And what she did at this show was like, Here's the merch I have. And she did this on stage. Here's the merch I have. I got t-shirts. I got stickers. I got all this other stuff. And then I got these really awesome chocolate bars. It's my favorite chocolate. I import it from Belgium. It's phenomenal. If you bring up your phone and show me you're one of my patrons, it's free for you. Otherwise, $15. Okay. And like, I watched a bunch of people go to Patreon and sign up, right? To get their chocolate from her. And just a few months of that from them is like, feeding into her whole machine that gets her funded in her lifestyle. But I think that it's a different, it's a different beast there. For sure. Listen, that's a, that's an aspirational, like, boy, get to be that good at it. Um, Yeah. Because this, to me, we talk a lot about how it is to build a following and that kind of thing. But like you were saying, she is the show, like she has built her entire reputation on her personality and being a person worth following. And that is a very unique skill that I think a lot of bands and musicians don't necessarily prioritize or think they need to do. True. But the fact of the matter is that if you want people to, if you want to make $4,000 a month, 
off of your music career, yeah. you've got to find a way to be irresistible yep. to the people that you want to play music for. Yeah, yeah. It's an absolute genius move, in in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, I, like you said, it's a work in progress. It's this is not a thing. That's not a, that's a thing. That's a target for you to aim for. Or not. It's like talking about. The, it's like talking about the pork tornadoes. There's like a level that we'll all get to someday. We hope. And yeah, um, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think in this particular case, my suggestion would be one of two things. It would be to pare down the options if nobody's going to be operating the table, or to find somebody to operate the table. Yeah, I think both of those things will net a better result. Yep, and then. Rethink free. Yeah. Find another way to say free with donation isn't working. Find another way to say that. Another way to say that yeah. might be pay what you want. Pay what you want. But it, not but the same as a donation. Fr- free with donation. Donation uh, feels like charity. Yeah. It deletes the value of the merch and it turns it into yeah. charity, which people, some people will feel like they should do that, but it's not, it's out of obligation and not because they're supporting, they, they love what you do or something. Yeah. Uh, so it's just not the right, it's just not the right language for it. Got to find better language. Yeah. All right. That's question one. Let's talk about his question two. All right. Another thing we've run into is on more than one occasion, we have been asked by Vinny to fill in for a show when another band has to cancel. This is, of course, usually a very last minute thing. Honestly, gets a little frustrating. Not only is it an inconvenience to scramble to figure out if this show would fit into our schedule and things going on in our personal lives, but it puts a bad taste in my mouth. To me, it's as if we're being told you're good enough to serve as a last minute substitute, but not good enough to be booked here in the first place. Is this just my hubris? (laughs) Uh, Which is a very fun word. (laughs) It's a good question. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Should we just accept that it's part of the game and learn to play along, or am I just making up problems in my head? Thanks for yeah, your time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the answer to that question is yes. <laughs> yeah. Look, the best thing you can be for a venue is a solution to a problem. Yes, and that is sh- that is a thing that you should try to be. Yeah. So at, if, if at it, all costs, yeah, you can make it if you can make it work for you. So if the problem is. I have a sudden cancellation and you're the solution to that. That's good news. Now it takes something to be the solution to that. And you don't have to be that at your typical rate. You can be more expensive because you're the solution to a problem. I don't think a lot of people consider that. No, I don't think they do. I think that the leverage you have when you're available to fill in a problem on somebody's schedule is significant leverage. And I think that you, as the smoke jumper band command a higher rate than somebody was booked three months ago. Yeah. I think that's fair. And I think that to me, that feels like a confidence thing, but if we're talking about pride, if we're talking about hubris, then maybe lean into that portion of it. Also a good part of the question. Yeah. Yeah. Cause what does it mean about me that I'm the fill in? Yeah. Yeah. But I think that's a lot of times we don't always have the tools or the uh, the ability to process those things in the moment. Sure. And by let's say harnessing that that hubris, that pride, you might be able to trick yourself into valuing yourself enough to ask what you are worth. Yeah. So, it's a uh, it's a roundabout way of showing self-acceptance. Let's say. Yeah, and listen, the question I love part of the question here is, should we just accept that this is part of the game and learn to play along? <laughs> the answer to that is yes. Yes. <laughs> like I was being a bit of a smart ass when I said it, but the answer to both halves of that question 
is yes. Yeah, it is just your hubris. And yes, you should learn to play along with this part of the game. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Because frankly, and at the end of the day, a gig's a gig. Yep. And that doesn't mean you have to take every opportunity. There's certainly things that don't fit or don't work or aren't a match for your brand or whatever. If you get the, if you get the reputation, if you get the brand as being somebody who is reliable to be available when venues have a problem, that's a good place to be. It's a good place to be. And being, having the reputation of, look, these guys can just jump right in and they're going to crush it. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. But, and like maybe that means they don't have lives. We can call them we can call them two days before and they can get it together and have it happen. All right. Look, great. Sure. And I don't know. I've always been in the scenario like I never feel bad about saying no sure. when something else is happening. In those scenarios, should you bend over backwards for every single last minute call? No. Not saying that. Not saying if that. If you can make it happen. Yeah. If you can't make it happen, say sorry, can't make it happen. Better luck next time. Now those conversations are a good way to open up a line of dialogue. And Completely. I've got a great example of that right now. Okay, good. Warped is doing a show in a couple of weeks and we got an inquiry uh, where somebody out of the blue just hit us up. Are you guys available August 12th or 13th? And I wrote back, I was like, our next show is August 13th at, at the Masquerade. He's like, we have a venue and it, it is it's not Metro Atlanta. It is in Georgia, but barely. It's practically Chattanooga. Would you be available on the 12th? And what is your rate? While Warped isn't playing on the 12th, members only is. Yeah. And actually, can I tell So this weekend is a hell of a weekend. I'm playing a, with, if this contract comes through in the next couple of days, I'm playing with members only from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. And then I'm playing with our buddy Braxton and his band ATL Vice cool. in in the evening from eight to, or like seven to nine. And then the next night I'm playing with Warped. So that's three bands, three shows in 48 hours. Super nice. Love it. Very not stressful or anxiety inducing. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, no big deal. However... When that person was like, I need somebody on the 12th, what is your rate? I said, I'm sorry, but the lineup of that band is not available, but I would love an opportunity to discuss playing, getting a date lined up in the future. What are your available? What's your availability? And that's how you do it. If you, if the answer is no, it's not just like no period. It's no comma. Yeah. So no comma. What other options do we have? Yeah. Or what are, what other opportunities are available? And then when you've played as a fill-in a couple of times, you then have an in to say, listen, we've loved playing there. We've had some great times. Glad we were able to help you out. What would it take to, let's, here's our availability. Let's talk. And again, I wouldn't even, I, I think we as musicians are too careful with our language so it wouldn't be what would it take yeah it's, yeah i take that back i don't mean what would it take like when when, can, when, can we, when yeah when can we or not even that come, let's let's get a date set up yeah let's get a proper date set up. totally don't even ask yeah. we're not asking no, we're telling no yeah we yeah we'd love to be there when can we go yep yeah so make sure that you're willing to play ball when Playing ball makes sense. If it doesn't make sense, then don't play ball. And if you are playing ball and you have helped out the venue, recognize the leverage there. Yeah. Because you have it. Yep. And your choice to use it is, is ultimately up to you. Yeah. Listen, if they've replaced a $1,500 six-piece band with you, 
mm-hmm. they say, what's your rate? And you say, well, hundred bucks a head. There's four of us, three of us, sure. $300. Man, have you left it on the table? Don't do that. Yep. Do not do that. Yep. Triple your rate. If it's like, Hey, I got a gig in two days. Can you make it? Like, sure. But here's my two days rate. And it's triple standard. Have a two days rate. Yeah. Have a same day rate. Yeah. Like those are things that you need to consider and don't put them on a sheet of paper and send them to people, No, but, but have those numbers. And if you aren't sure of what those numbers would be, email us coverbankconfidential@gmail.com. I literally had somebody DM me a couple of days ago is female artist who's just trying to get established. And she's, I did this open mic and they liked what they heard and they want me to come back and do a duo set. What should I charge? Ah. And so I asked a couple of questions, the venue and the time and who's providing what, and we landed on a number. And that's, that is a thing. It's tricky. And you do have to be willing for them to go, meh. But for everybody that goes, meh, there's, just as many people, if not more, that'll go, cool. That and meh doesn't mean the conversation's over. Nope. It's still negotiation at that point. So 100%. you don't get what you first asked for. All right. Have a fallback. That's all right. Yeah. So have a going rate, but also have a floor. Yeah. But don't have a ceiling. But don't, yeah. And crucially, don't ask for your floor. Ask for more than that and be ready to fall back to your floor. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And we've, we've talked about this before when we're talking about pricing. If somebody drops the price, then you take something away. So if you're normally a five piece and they offer you $500 less than what you normally get, then you're coming as a four piece. Yeah. And that's just that there's, there are ways of getting into places and pricing is normally not the best way to do it. If, if you're trying to hit a price point, you're, you've already lost Yeah. because when you're, when people are more concerned with price than quality, then it's probably not worth <laughs> It's a setup for other kinds of problems too. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want somebody who's looking for the best deal. You're looking for somebody who wants the best value. Yeah. And price and value, not the same. Correct. Correct. Well, Adam and the Bartlow bros, I hope that was helpful and inspiring. If you have any other follow-up questions, you know how to get to us. And the same goes for all of you. If you have questions, email us, coverbandconfidential at gmail.com. DM us on any social media platform. Just reach out to us. This is so much easier to discuss than figure out what's coming up for our gigs. And just as a quick plug, feel free to email us. Do that. Keep listening to this. But I will tell you, we got a community of people having this conversation all day long. And it's on the Patreon Slack. And I got to tell you, Please go. So last night, as I was like laying in bed, I just, I'm putting everything away and I open up Slack and what do I see? But seven videos. <laughs> I was one of them. Because Mike Schulte of the Pork Tornado Society that typing is great, but video is better. And so all of a sudden, every single like guy who's loading into a gig or heading to rehearsal. Or sitting or in front of their just, records. <laughs> or hanging out at the firehouse they right. work out. Yeah. Just shooting the breeze. Yeah. And it was like It was the coolest. I was like, this is like the best social media yeah. like platform ever. Yeah. Because it's literally only the people I care about talking about only the thing that I'm like interested in. <laughs> yeah. And it's it's fantastic. Yeah. I chimed in with a video from I chimed in with a video from the gig I was setting up as that it was all mm-hmm. happening and yeah, showed my new gear that I've been using and well, and we were talking about patrons and stuff. We have a new super patron and really, I'll be dipped if it ain't another Adam. How about that? It's Adam Daffron from the band Savvy. They're, they're up in, is it Montana or the Dakotas? No, it is. It's Bozeman, Montana. 
That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So be on the lookout for <laughs> for us. Next time you're in Bozeman, Montana. Yeah. yeah. And they're doing the top 40 thing. Like, they're, yeah, they're like, yeah, they're doing. But doing well, and what, what, one of the things I love, like he said, we're trying to get the scene to go. We're trying to get the scene together here. That's what it takes. A scene doesn't just happen. Somebody, some person mm-hmm. makes a scene happen. And I love that we've got, we're now part of that scene happening. It's yep. so cool. It's definitely, it's absolutely the ethos. Like those kinds of people are the ones who belong in the Slack channel with everybody else, because we're the people that go, this thing isn't working. So I'm just going to make my own. And that's exactly what Adam and and his band are doing. Yep. And they'll be turning up on a coaching sesh that may, it may be Patreon exclusive or depending on whether they're cool with it, it, it might be loaded into the uh, the podcast itself. You'll just have to stay tuned for that. We got really great feedback, by the way, from the public version of that coaching session we did oh, yeah. a few weeks ago. That was really great. So I'd love to do that again. And we've also, I've gotten a couple of inquiries about doing just one-on-one coaching. Good. So there's, for anybody who isn't necessarily 100% on board with doing like the Patreon thing or like a recurring deal, you can get like a one-off appointment and just pick somebody's brain, either me, Dan, or both of us. And yep. it's always an option, cover band, confidential at gmail.com. There you go. And that's that. But we're done. We're done. Uh, very excited about all of this stuff coming up on YouTube and I've been literally chomping at the bit to tell people about it and I can't, but <laughs> what's coming, it's coming, it's coming. I'll be, Listen, I'll be good, willing to tell everybody all about it. Good to hang with you, my friend. Dude, it's been really it's long. Been I would, long I would cheers you, but I'm, I'm literally just, I'm water. That's, I'm a hydro homie that's at good. the moment. That's good. It was Thursday's margarita night. I think you know that. Yes. It's just, it's a standing thing for us in our house. I had to switch gears or this, <laughs> this episode would have gone very differently. Get sloppy. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. I do want to shout out Dennis Paget, who won last month's merch contest. If you, to get some free merch, it's pretty easy to do. All you have to do is share a piece of our content and tag me, tag Dan, tag the show. And uh, we do a drawing every single month. And uh, it's been a couple of weeks and the entries are quite low. <laughs> and this one, the first one was patron, patron exclusive. This one is not. It's open to anybody. So if you share an episode or a YouTube video or anything and we see it, it goes into the drawing and you get a free piece of something. So do it. And who doesn't love a free piece of something? For sure. Yeah. All right, folks. Thanks so much for tuning in. I hope everything is going well in your neck of the woods. If you have gigs this weekend, I hope that the weather is nice. And if you don't have gigs this weekend, I hope that you have a relaxing time. I will most certainly be enjoying my time off. It's been a minute. Thanks to all of you again for your continued support. If you'd like to support us and get some merch, you can share some of our stuff on social media, or you can do any of the things that our buddy Adam Oskowitz from the Van Band is about to tell you. That's going to do it for this week. In Atlanta, Georgia, I am Adam Johnson. In Greensboro, North Carolina, Dan Ray. You have been listening to the Cover Band Confidential Podcast for the week of July 22nd, 2022. Have an awesome week. And that's how you rock more and suck less. Hey, listener, this is Adam Moskowitz of the Van Band out of South Florida. Yes, another Adam. Adams are taking over the cover band scene. Get used to it. Sorry, Dan. On behalf of Cover Band Confidential, thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode. Now, I know you want to support this cat. This is how you do it. You subscribe, you leave a five-star review, you share this episode with your musician friends, and you throw a screenshot on your story. And you go ahead and you follow the podcast on all their socials. You got Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, all of them. These gentlemen, Adam Johnson of Members Only and Dan Ray of the Clinky Lincolns, have graciously given us 
us vast amounts of great content. So as a thank you, go ahead and send them some green energy on their Patreon page. For real, send them some digital coins. And when you do that, you'll get access to the Slack back channel, which is just musicians and band leaders chatting about the craft of being in a performing cover band. The wins, the losses, the behind the scenes goodness. If you play at least once a month for money, all I'm saying is break off a few bucks for your favorite podcast that you always listen to. Any questions, comments, hit up the Facebook group, send a text or voicemail to their hotline. That's 404-491-0910. You can also email coverbandconfidential at gmail.com. If you, you can find my band on Instagram, Facebook, at VAMBAND. That's V-A-M BAND. Do it. Seriously, I want to see that CBC bump. Or you can find everything you need at VAMBAND.com. We started in 2019. We play funk, pop, soul, R&B, Motown in Southeast Florida. I play guitar and backup vocals at Adam Moskowitz Music on IG. Also follow the CBC host on IG. That's at Adam Patrick Johnson and at Dan Ray Musician. Or visit Coverband confidential.com for all the goods i'm gonna go ahead and call it for adam moskowitz in boca raton florida that was your outro bumper on cover band confidential always be performing (laughs) 